listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Coming up, my special interview with ComBank CEO Matt Common as they announce a record profit plus some US mid-tier banks see their credit ratings downgraded and China enters a period of deflation. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 9th of August, 2023. Later on Market Day, we will speak with James Garish from Shaw and Partners for his take on the banking sector, just as the Commonwealth Bank posts a fully cash profit of $10.16 billion. That's a record profit, up 6%. Shareholders will see a full-year dividend of $4.50 per share, that is also a record. It's all thanks to rising interest rates. So how are borrowers dealing with these rising rates and what's the future of the bank? For more, I have this extended interview with the bank's CEO, Matt Common. Well, thanks. The, the profit result today really uh, focuses on a few things. The fact that we're supporting our customers, uh, investing for the future, as well as the strength and stability that's going to be critical uh, in the period ahead that the Commonwealth Bank can provide. We're fortunate to have uh, or to serve 13 million customers. We've seen very strong uh, customer growth. Uh, We've been able to lend $35 billion to small businesses to help them grow and help 150,000 of our customers purchase a home. On the housing market, we're at the peak of the so-called mortgage cliff where a huge number of those fixed rate loans on ultra-low rates are switching over to higher variable rates. These numbers will stay high for the rest of the year. So A, are you concerned? Or is there anything in your numbers today that reflect how seriously borrowers are struggling, if at all? I mean, more broadly, we're very conscious of uh, how the higher interest rate and higher cost of living is impacting many households. I mean, as you would see in our result today, the proportion of customers that are currently having difficulties uh, with their loan repayments is very low. I mean, well below levels that we saw uh, pre-COVID. But we do anticipate that that will increase over the course of the next financial year. I mean, specifically as it relates to fixed rate maturities, we have seen a number of customers already come off fixed rates. Actually, the highest individual month for the year was the month of June. Uh, Of course, there are still customers that are rolling off uh, each subsequent month over the course of this year. Uh, So far, customers have been able to take uh, actions in advance. And of course, we've been proactively contacting them to make sure they understand how their repayments will change. And so at least at the moment, it's had a very modest impact. But of course, uh, as we go uh, into the year ahead, it'll really be uh, dependent on how the broader economy uh, continues to Uh, perform. And of course, uh, the very strong labour market has, of course, uh, helped us in that regard. But I guess, how do you justify these record profit numbers along with your pay, which has been widely reported on today, at a time when cost of living pressures are building, interest rates are rising, and some savers are critical of the level of interest they're seeing on their deposits? Well, a couple of things. As I said, the the bank has enjoyed uh, very strong uh, growth, growth in customers uh, over the course of the year. And of course, um, strong economic conditions has has helped uh, to support the overall profit outcome. One of the things that we included in our results uh, today was uh, real transparency on on how we've increased deposit rates and we've increased them further than we have uh, our uh, lending customers by an extra 0.2 of 1%. Uh, and when it relates to mine or uh, anyone's uh, remuneration at the Commonwealth Bank, look, we're paid very clearly on long-term performance targets that relate to both improving the customer experience, 
uh, to growing both the customer numbers uh, and the Commonwealth Bank and, of course, making sure that there's strong and sustainable returns to uh, the 12 million Australians who have a stake in the Commonwealth Bank. But for me and my team, look, every day we're focused on how do we improve the customer experience today and how do we make sure that we're uh, setting the Commonwealth Bank to be as successful as possible into the future. But would you agree that those rate rises are being felt unevenly across the economy and highlights, I guess, the intergenerational divide where younger people are paying higher rates for mortgages, yet many older people benefit from higher deposit rates? How do you feel, I guess, for, for younger people? Well, I mean, I think obviously uh, a fair distribution of outcomes is really important. That's a big topic. But maybe just to contrast a couple of factors, when the cash rate got down to uh, 0.1 of 1% and people were borrowing or had a home loan fixed rate around 2%, uh, we also had many of our customers who were dependent on deposit or savings income effectively earning uh, less than half of 1%. Now as the cash rate has risen. Yes, there are those who don't have any loans that are now enjoying uh, deposit rates well, well in excess of 4%. And on the other side, though, you've got people who had borrowed at around 2%. They're now paying you know, 3 4% more than that on, on their loans. And so it is a function of uh, how changes in the cash rate, both up and down, are felt unevenly. And you, you're quite right. We're seeing more acute pressure on some of our younger customers uh, who tend to have less uh, you know, financial savings. And also there's a high proportion of customers that do have an outstanding loan, particularly a home loan, between the ages of, say, 25 and, uh, and 50. On an international story, Italy has approved a one-off 40% tax on bank profits, although that is being watered down as we speak. Um, it's basically a, a tax on, on super profits. Uh, it's similar to what happened in Spain and in Hungary. And uh, this money is being used to feed things like tax cuts and help some borrowers as the cost of living rises. Could something like this happen in Australia? And has it been something you've heard or had discussions of with the government? I mean, no, it's not, uh, is the direct answer. We did include some information in our results today to really set out uh, how the profit and profitability and particularly uh, the, the Commonwealth Bank has grown over the last decade to really bring some facts and proportionality uh, to that. Secondly, we've also talked about uh, the role of the Commonwealth Bank in, higher, in a higher cash rate environment. Um, we've seen, uh, obviously, an increase for our customers who have loans. Their repayments have gone up, but the actual income that's been received by our depositors has increased at a much greater uh, rate by more than five times the level of uh, interest income over the last 12 months uh, compared with the prior financial year. So not specifically uh, concerned about the changes in Italy, although, as you mentioned, I think they were introduced and now I think have been uh, watered down. Uh, but I think it's very important that we're able to explain exactly what our role is, how and where we make profit and why, and how do we make sure that we're supporting our customers uh, today as well as investing and supporting the broader economy. I think most importantly, in our experience, we absolutely believe that to be successful, you have to do a great job by your customers. It's not a choice of one or the other. There's a lot of discussion in corporate Australia at the moment about the use of artificial intelligence. How are you using it and what are some of the benefits for both the business and for customers? 
Well, I think where AI uh, and broader techniques are used both, uh, you know, safely, ethically and responsibly, there are some, you know, important advantages that we could provide to customers. We use it in our mobile banking app, the ComBank app. Uh, we have a feature, as an example, that helps customers uh, link to any sort of benefits that they might be entitled to. They could be federal, state. We've been able to link uh, or return a billion dollars uh, to our customers for entitlements, nothing to do with banking, but more broadly. Uh, we use um, AI for, you know, for scanning large amounts of documents to help uh, process um, information that we're receiving much more rapidly. We're going to use it to help both our people and, of course, our customers get answers to their questions uh, very rapidly. So I do think there's a lot of potential. But as I said, it's really important um, that uh, our customers' data and the use of AI is done uh, safely, responsibly and, and ethically. Finally, what's your company's position on the Indigenous voice to Parliament? Why? And are you financially backing their campaign either way? Uh, yes, we do. We, we've had, uh, consistent with both our, our reconciliation action plan, uh, which we're now on to our seventh, we've had a long-standing commitment uh, to support a voice to parliament. Uh, it's very consistent with our own uh, approach internally, both with our Indigenous leadership team and also we have an Indigenous advisory council, which gives... Uh, both me and my leadership team advice on a range of issues. I mean, uh, more broadly, I think certainly uh, my personal rationale would be that um, I think there's little doubt that the outcomes for Indigenous Australians uh, have been unacceptable uh, over a long period of time without, um, well, with absolute good intent and a lot of uh, resources that have and, and uh, financial investments that have been made. Uh, we have many Indigenous Australians have approached us and asked us to support a, uh, an Indigenous voice to Parliament, which they believe will improve outcomes. And uh, our role is to educate our teams. It's certainly not to tell people how to vote. Uh, but from my personal perspective, uh, I think the benefits outweigh the risks and I'm not sure that there's a better alternative. So I personally will be supportive. And as I said, the Commonwealth Bank's position uh, is clear, but it's very much our role is to provide education. I understand that uh, there are concerns uh, or, or reservations, um, but on balance, as I said, our view is clear in this area. Matt Common there, the CEO of the Commonwealth Bank. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Australian share market rose today. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.4%, 7,338. The heavy lifting being done by the banks. For more, I spoke with James Gerrish. He's a portfolio partner at Shoreham Partners and first asked him about that Commonwealth Bank result. James, let's start with Commonwealth Bank, a record $10.2 billion full-year cash profit. The market really liked it. Why? Yeah, you're right. Ricardo, it was a it was a good result, and the, the shares are trading higher. I think it was some of the the areas that the market was concerned about were better than feared. So uh, by that I mean net interest margin would be the the thing to call out. The market was thinking that uh, rising. Co- 
competition, both in terms of deposits and on the lending side, uh, would really hit margins. And that hasn't played out. So net interest margins at 2.87% for the year um, was strong and they were only down a couple of basis points in the fourth quarter. So um, that was a lot better than where some in the market are anticipating. Some are thinking that they were going to be sub 2%. So uh, that was good and also a bigger than expected dividend. Uh, and a share buyback for a billion dollars also helps the shares today. What's the outlook for the banks in general now, though? Because based on these results, I think the Commonwealth Bank lended, uh, lent something like $149 billion worth of home loans in the past year. It, it doesn't look like the, the, the slower economy, this pullback in consumer spending, has really impacted the banks at the moment. Yeah, I think it, 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 it's a trend we've seen in the broader uh, economic landscape, if you like. So um, economic conditions have slowed, but they haven't slowed too far. And I think that would be um, how you'd, you'd think about the banks now. They're, they're in an incredibly strong position from a capital perspective-wise. So um, they're really strong. Growth is going to be harder to come by, but they're managing things well. And I think CBA's uh, shown that today. They've shown some confidence in um, their capital position. Uh, they've shown some confidence um, in increasing the dividend uh, and, and launching a share buyback. So, um, look, I think the sector remains um, you know, reasonable here. I don't think it's uh, you know, a screaming buy in any respect, uh, but they're really well capitalised uh, and they're well positioned to uh, sort of handle what comes next. Around the world, though, we saw Moody's downgrade a number of mid-sized US banks. Is this something to be worried about? I think the read-through there is probably size matters and scale matters. And we saw this in um, the result today from CBA when you compare that to the, the, the result from Suncorp and specifically their banking division. So um, when you think about um, uh, CBA, their margins held up reasonably well. They've got a cost-to-income ratio they reported today of 42.8%, um, which was down on FY22. If you compare that to Suncorp, uh, their cost-to-income ratio was 518 um, and they're guiding to sort of mid-50s. Uh, Suncorp's uh, margins uh, also lower today, so they're printing margins of 1.96%, uh, and they're guiding uh, to the lower part of their range, guided range, which is 1.85 to 1.95. So you can clearly see, and this is what um, uh, you know, the ratings downgrade uh, has, uh, has pointed out, that you know, size matters in this area. CBA is the biggest um, and probably the best in Australia, uh, and that's uh, really important as the conditions toughen, the lending environment toughens, the competition for deposits gets gets uh, gets higher. So I think that's probably the key takeaway I'd uh, uh, highlight on the result today. I think the other key international story today is that of China, which has fallen into deflation. What do you make of this? Because, yes, it could tip officials there to stimulate the economy, but with China opening up later than the rest of the world post-pandemic, it's had the benefit of time to see how inflation has ripped through other parts of the world. Yeah, inflation seems like a um, you know a far-flung idea over in China, given the data that we saw today. I think it um, brings a couple of things into play here. I think China, obviously, softer data um, will equal probably equal stimulus, but they're going to be very targeted in the way they approach stimulus. So instead of doing the big sort of broad brush 
bazooka-style stimulus that perhaps could have played out in other, um, you know, historically. I think they're going to be really targeted in how they approach that. They, um, you know, will have learnt from the inflationary issues that we've experienced uh, in other developed markets. But also, China's a, a completely different market. So, um, you know, whilst that's a um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to compare the two. That we're 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 in completely different um, points of the economic cycle, if you like. Finally, in this environment where interest rates are still high, inflation still at six percent here in Australia, uh, where do you see the opportunities for investors? Yeah, I think the economic backdrop is obviously a tough one, but there's a lot of divergence playing out from companies, and we've seen it so far in this early part of reporting season. So, uh, staying active in portfolios, I think you know that the, the divergence in company performance will um, play out in uh, in share price performance. So, staying active uh, and nimble in portfolios, I think, is going to be key. Uh, we've seen recently the future funds move back to uh, more of a tilt towards active management for these reasons. So, um, that's the way we approach markets and that's how we're suggesting investors do it as well. James Gerrish there from Shaw and Partners. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.